When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success, so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome to the $100 MBA show. No fluff, just the good stuff with our practical business lessons. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenhome. And today is Q&A Wednesday, where we answer a question from one of our listeners. If you got a question you want to ask, go ahead and email me over at omar at 100mba.net. Today's question is from Tom, and Tom asks, how do I resolve disagreements with my co-founder? Overall, we get along all right and can agree on most things, but sometimes we get into very heated arguments because we both feel strongly about a certain way of doing something or a decision we have to make. How do we resolve it? Do you have any suggestions that could help? Great question, Tom. I've had a co-founder for over 10 years. And if you work with somebody for that long, you will have disagreements. You will have uh, points where you just don't see eye to eye. And business owners, business founders, they're passionate about what they're doing. And it's normal for them to feel strongly about their opinion, to feel strongly about the way they want to do something, especially when there's an opposing argument, somebody telling you, no, that's not how to do it. So in today's lesson, I'm going to share with you some strategies that has worked for me and Nicole, my co-founder, over the years to get over this hurdle, how to settle disagreements and move forward and make the best decision for the business. Let's get into it. Let's get down to business. I want to start by saying that disagreements are not a bad thing. They're not a bad thing. It's actually a pretty good thing because it means you have options. You have different ideas. You have different ways to solve a problem or to reach a certain goal. And let's start there. Let's start with the goal. I always like to start any disagreement with common ground. So it's good to ask or to start with asking what is success in this situation to you? What is your desired outcome? So each person can express what they like out of the situation. And oftentimes you'll find that they're very similar. I'm trying to accomplish XYZ. And it's usually the approach of how to accomplish XYZ is where the disagreement is. For example, uh, you and your co-founder might be disagreeing on how you want to market your business. Maybe you want to spend marketing dollars on paid advertisement, Maybe your co-founder wants to spend that money in creating great content and doing content marketing. You're both trying to market effectively to get more customers. That's really what you're both trying to do. So it's good to start there. Why? Because it allows both of you to see that you're both trying to move in the same direction. It also reminds both parties what you're trying to do here, what the ultimate goal is. Sometimes we get lost in the minutia, in the detail, in the execution 
and our egos get in the way and we want to do things in a certain way. But if you both get what you want at the end, then the details don't matter so much and it doesn't allow you to really get all worked up about those details. So it's a good place to start. And it's okay if uh, your desired outcomes are slightly different. That's fine. But zoom out a little bit and you'll ultimately find out that, hey, you both want the business to be successful. The next step is an exercise I call outside investor. What does this mean? Well, both of you are going to do this exercise where you're going to pretend you're an outside investor and you're going to lay down the strategy presented by both people, you and your partner. Now, remember, who's going to execute these strategies? What information, what experience do they have? For example, let's say you want to run Facebook ads and you've run hundreds of Facebook ads in the past and you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads before. That's important information when it comes to that decision. On the flip side, every time you've run content marketing, you might have been successful. So the point of this exercise is to lay down both strategies, both sides of the argument, both ways of doing something, and then you're going to act as an outside investor. And you're going to act like your company is asking for investment to implement a strategy. As the outside investor, which strategy, again, you're putting up your money, which strategy would you want to be implemented using your money, given all the information that's presented? Now, you might be saying, well, obviously, you're going to be biased and you're going to just choose your own strategy. How does this help, Omar? Well, here's the kicker. The strategy cannot be implemented by either of you. It has to be outsourced. Just for this exercise, you have to do this. The only thing you can do is advise or instruct whoever you're outsourcing this work to. Why is this important? Because most of the time, we lean on strategies, we lean on decisions, we lean on things that we're comfortable with, that we know we've done before. But if we're not going to do it ourselves, we might not feel so comfortable with it. And a big reason why we're resisting something else is because we don't want to risk doing something new. So if you both agree that, hey, neither of us are going to work on this, we're going to outsource the work. This is hypothetical, of course, just work with me here. And we can only coach or advise the person that is working with us. Which one would we do? Which way? Which decision? Now, this changes things because now that you're not doing the work and you're not doing things that you've done before, you have to rely on the fact that this is a good, solid direction decision and not just rely on your hard work and grit. Sometimes we think as founders that I can just work hard and I can make it happen. And oftentimes that might be true, but a lot of times it's not. It's just a poor decision and you can't work your way out of a poor decision. This is what I've learned over the years that often the difference between success and failure is just the decision, the direction you went in, not how hard you work. And it's kind of something you don't want to hear because you want to feel like you have more empowerment than that. But you do. You're making decisions. But at the same time, we have these beliefs that hard work pays off and all these things. And it's true. You got to work hard, but you can end up working hard on the wrong thing and you won't move forward. Now, another strategy that I've heard from other co-founders, David Hannemeyer Hansen and Jason Fried, who are the founders of Basecamp and 37 Signals, their strategy is whoever feels more passionate, whoever expresses more vigor, more love for the project or for this decision ultimately gets to choose. Why? Because they feel like, hey, if you feel that strongly about it, you should make the decision. It means more to you than me. And then there'll be times where the roles are reversed. 
And I kind of like this because often when you feel strongly about something, you have something inside you that says, go for it. This is something good. This is the direction you got to move in. Maybe the other person doesn't have that same thing and you want to make sure that you're moving in the right direction despite the misalignment. Now, I have to say that this has to be backed with information, with data, with real reasoning. When you're working alone with no co-founder, you can go off your gut. That's fine. You're the one who's going to have to suffer the consequences of those decisions, positive or negative. But if you have a co-founder or co-founders, you're not alone. The ramifications of those decisions are going to be felt by more than you. So you have to have a rationale behind those decisions to back you up. Those who know me know I'm an automobile lover. Heck, my first job at 13 was washing cars at a car dealership. That's why I'm excited to tell you about the Range Rover Sport. It's the perfect combination of sporting luxury, intuitive technology, and performance. I mean, this thing is stunning inside and out. Here are some of my favorite things about the Range Rover Sport. It has this purposeful cockpit-like driving position. It really sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes an exhilarating drive that is super engaging. And it's super quiet in there because they have advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, which offer new levels of comfort and refinement. One of the things that's really important to me is the actual driver's seat. The Range Rover Sport has an optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. But enough hearing about it. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. You're great at managing your business, but are you great at managing your financial future? That's where Yahoo Finance comes in. When you need to be able to diversify your wealth, take your dividends from your business and invest in other types of investments like the stock market, you're going to want to know what you're investing in. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. So if you want to read up about the businesses that are making moves so that you can make the right investments in the stock market, you're going to love what you find at Yahoo Finance. What I love about Yahoo Finance is that I can jump right in, spend a few minutes a day, read up about some great companies that will inform my decision on where to invest. And you can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. yahoofinance.com, that's yahoofinance.com. Now, many people like to do a pros and cons list when it comes to disagreements. I'm not a big fan of this because you have to find the cons or the opposite of the pros and vice versa, and it really doesn't lead to a decision. What I like to do is an upside versus downside. This helps me and Nicole make better decisions, especially when we have a disagreement. What does this mean? Well, upside means what is the potential upside of this decision if it goes right, if it goes well? And what's the potential downside? What are we going to lose if it doesn't go well? If the impact of the upside is twice as large as the downside or more, it's worth taking a look. It's worth actually seriously consider implementing. Why? Because you're playing the long game. You're going to have many of these decisions along the way. And chances are, let's say you make 10 decisions in your business in the next 10 years and half the time you are right about these decisions and half the time you're not. And every time I make that decision and it's the right decision and I Uh, have an upside of 2 or more, 2x or more, often it's like 3x, 4x, 5x, the worst case scenario is you're 
back to where you started, meaning you didn't lose, you didn't win, but most of the time you're going to have more than a 2x benefit on the upside, meaning you will be ahead. You could do the math on your own, but basically this is what we've worked out. Hey, if we make this decision, let's say we have a new pricing decision and this will triple our revenue, but the downside is it might bring our revenue down by X amount. It might be worth the risk. Now, when you take that decision, you can take it in steps so you can feel it out and make sure that you have a backup plan, a way to reverse it, all that kind of stuff. But upside versus downside is a great way to look at it because at the end of the day, sometimes you just are going to roll the dice. And if the upside is much more than the downside, it's worth to make that decision consistently. Now, some co-founders like to get a third party involved, an advisor, a coach to kind of settle it for them. And I'm not totally against it, especially if both co-founders or the co-founders agree that whatever the coach says or the advisor says we're going to go with. But I've never really found that coaches really just say, do this. Most of them just kind of give you your options and say the decision's ultimately yours. But even in that process, they might give a perspective that one of you are not seeing and that will allow you to kind of go one way or the other. And this is where that initial intention really matters, what you're trying to accomplish. If whatever decision leads down to that same path, then you should be okay. If you're aligned with the ultimate goal, you should be okay. Good co-founders trust their other co-founders as well. And it's okay for you to say, hey, I'm going to trust you on this one because I see that you're very passionate about it. I see that you've given good arguments, but there's going to be a time where I'm going to need you to trust me. And it's okay to have that give and take. Having a co-founder is like any relationship in life, friendship, marriage, sibling relationship. It requires investment. It requires sacrifice. It requires communication. And ultimately, it requires you to care about one another, care about your futures as founders and the future of your business. And if you're coming from that perspective, you should be okay. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Tom, for the question on Q&A Wednesday. If you've got a question you want to ask, go ahead and email me at omar at 100mba.net. And I'll make sure to answer right here on Q&A Wednesday. If you love this podcast, if you want more of this great stuff, hit subscribe, hit follow on your favorite podcast app right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you hit follow right now so you get our next episodes automatically and you get access to over 2,400 episodes, 2,400 business lessons in our archive, in our back catalog. Go ahead and do that right now. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. It's okay to argue. It's okay to have disagreements. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like this whole relationship is disintegrating. No, celebrate your differences. It's okay to have differences of opinion. This is how we grow. This is how we learn. This is how you have a dynamic team, a dynamic company, because you have different perspectives. It would be boring and you would have a boring product and service if you all just thought alike in your business, not only in your co-founders, but your colleagues, the fresh, different, and even opposing opinions make a great company. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll check you in Friday's episode. I'll see you then. Take care.
rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com.